Hello there, my name is McNeil and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about movies. We talk about movies that are currently playing in the theaters and topics related to cinema. If you like this type of content, be sure to follow my podcast on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also support my podcast by telling your friends, and if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Today is my new episode in a series called Journey to Black Widow. What I'm doing is I'm watching one Marvel Cinematic Universe movie a week in chronological order leading up to Black Widow. So if you enjoy Marvel movies and if you enjoy being a geek like me, watch one Marvel Cinematic Universe movie a week and tune into each episode. Today, I'm here with nobody. And I'm here with nobody today because I've had a couple friends that were uh, had scheduled to do this episode and... Both of them had scheduling conflicts, and nobody could make it, and I needed to get this episode out, so I'm just going to talk about this one today by myself. And yeah, so today I am talking about Thor The Dark World, and uh, this is a movie in the MCU uh, that is not very well liked, and I think it's for a lot of reasons that people don't exactly know how to explain why they dislike it. It's, it's just a movie... You know, it didn't get uh, well reception from critics or audiences. It didn't get like a super negative score on Rotten Tomatoes. But most people will say that this is one of the weaker movies in the MCU. Now, if you've listened to all my other episodes, you know that I really dislike Captain Marvel, which I still do. But I, I don't think Thor The Dark World is even remotely close to as bad as Captain Marvel. Like, I don't think Thor The Dark World is a bad movie. I, I think I've said a couple times before uh, that I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I've also, I've probably seen this one the least of all of them. Um, and it's just, you know, I don't I don't think it's terrible. I don't love it. I don't necessarily like it. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't hate it by any means. I, I think it's okay. I think it's, you know, it, it's okay. Um... But I do understand why people think it's one of the weaker movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm going to try my best to to articulate why that is. But first, let's talk about my personal experiences when I first saw this movie. So this movie came out in 2013. I was 13 years old. And, um, you know, I didn't see this one in the theaters. Uh, I had some friends that went, and I think I was actually sick. I think I must have had like a, you know, like, I don't know, maybe the flu or something like that. I was 13 years old, so it came out. I think this movie must have come out in uh, November of 2013, and I didn't see it. I had a group of friends that went to see it, so I didn't go um, later to see it I don't because I think they actually told me that they didn't really care for it. So I waited for it. I actually waited for it to come out in DVD, and this is the only movie in the Marvel Universe I have done that with, um, I've seen every I've seen every movie since Captain America: The First Avenger in theaters uh, that have been released, except Thor: The Dark World. That's the only one I've missed. Um, so that's kind of disappointing. I kind of would like to see all of them, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I did see it on DVD for the first time when it came out. So that must have been a few months after it was initially released in the theaters. And I saw it at a friend's house, and we watched it that night. And I. Uh, actually fell asleep in the first five minutes. I woke up 
And they were like, all right, dude, it's done. You were asleep. And I was like, oh. So I think I actually went back and I watched it as soon as I could. So that like and didn't fall asleep. Back then I had a reputation for falling asleep in a movie. If you start, if, it, if the lights were off and it was dark, I was going to fall asleep. I'm not that way anymore. I will stay awake for the entire movie, even if it's three hours. I'll do it now. But I used to fall asleep really easily in movies. Um, but that's just because lights are off. I'm out. I'm going to be asleep. But yeah, so Thor The Dark World. Didn't see it in the theaters. Saw it on DVD. Fell asleep. Saw it as soon as I could to make sure I knew I was able to see it. And I, you know, wasn't a huge fan of it. It's always a movie that is kind of forgettable. And it has, I think, when when it comes to its problems, I think it's very similar to Iron Man 2. And I also think it's really similar to The Incredible Hulk in ways. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But first, I want to talk about some things I like. Let's start off on a positive note. I, if you, you know, if you listen to some other episodes, you know that I like dark tones in movies. And I think that that's something The Incredible Hulk actually had going for it. And I think that's, you know, I think that was actually kind of what worked in Thor The Dark World. I think the tone of the movie, it was it was dark. It was much darker than the original Thor movie. And I think it had a potential to, to have actually done something and to have a tone like this actually succeed in the Marvel Universe. However, it didn't necessarily work. But I, I did like the darker tone of the movie. So I will say that. And I think it could have been really cool. The movie itself looks really great. I think the visuals are really stunning. I think that they are honestly some of the better visuals in this universe. Uh, I mean, obviously Doctor Strange. I would say Doctor Strange has the best visuals of the entire uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Thor of the Dark World actually does have some interesting visuals. and I will, I will give it that. I also think that the acting isn't bad. I think the acting's actually pretty good, surprisingly enough, for a movie that is not very well received. I think Loki plays his character very well in this in this universe. I think uh, Thor does a great job. I think um, or Chris Hemsworth as Thor does a great job. Um, I think that Anthony Hopkins as Odin, he's always fantastic. Yeah, you know, I think just the acting in general is for the most part, we will get into it a little bit later, is is really, really good. Um, so yeah, so far, the visuals, the acting, and the tone. I actually really like three really important parts of a movie. I also, this is this is not necessarily an important part of the movie, but because not every movie in, involves this, but the lore of the movie, all like the mythology in it, the, you know, everything is inspired by Norse mythology in this movie. But, you know, it's really coming from more of the Marvel comics, and that's where it was inspired by the, the Norse mythology. Um, but I think the, the, the lore in this movie is really interesting, especially because they're exploring what, what, it, what the nine realms really mean. And they introduce the ether, which is the uh, reality infinity stone. So, and, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, like, it's more like a, you know, it's got the lore, kind of like how Lord of the Rings has some interesting, like, concepts and... Um, you know, and, and, and same thing with Star Wars and stuff like that. There's really interesting lore that's just built up all throughout the universe of those franchises. And I think that Thor of the Dark World does a pretty good job at that. However, we will get into later why I don't necessarily think it was executed very well. But I like what was there. The, the, the general idea was cool, if that, if that makes any sense. Now, these are just a couple things of... uh why, you know, I just kind of like that they kind of threw this in there. It's just like a little, 
gimmick really and it has nothing to do with how much i like the movie or how much i dislike the movie but captain america had a little cameo in there and i thought that was pretty interesting uh because you know there's a scene where thor and loki are walking through a hallway and you know loki has a superpower to you know he he can deceive you into what is your reality and he you know he can duplicate himself he can um make you think he's dead he can make you think he's somebody else so there's this one scene where he turns into captain america and i thought i just thought that scene was actually pretty good and it it worked with the interaction that thor and loki have and how he was speaking as the the dialogue he had as captain america i thought was pretty interesting and funny um and this is another little stupid thing that i really liked but there's a scene towards the end right before the final battle where they go back to earth and they're in london and they walk into this apartment where uh Eric Selvig was, and I think they, it was uh, Jane Foster, Darcy, and Thor. They walk in there, and Thor's in his, you know, his, he's decked out in his costume, and they they go to meet him in the apartment, and there's a coat rack on the side, and Thor hangs up his hammer. And I found out Chris Hemsworth apparently improvised that. I'm glad he did, because I think that actually worked really well. And that was just a little really quick something that happened and I really I really liked that it was a good touch um but honestly I will I think my favorite thing about this movie is the ending uh because although I don't remember what I initially thought of uh when Loki and I'm doing this in air quotes but when Loki died I don't quite remember what I originally thought of that because I was asleep and uh I think Loki you know uh, you know at this at this point in my life, if this movie just come out now, I don't think I would have been surprised uh, that Loki was um, not actually dead because, you know, it's Loki, of course. He does that all the time. Um, but, you know, when I think when I... Probably when I watched it then, I thought it was cool. And, you know, I just I think the ending of uh, when, when Thor's actually... he's ta- He thinks he's talking to Odin. And, you know, Odin tells Thor to keep the hammer because he's worthy because... Thor is, you know, really, for the first time, really telling Odin his opinions and what he, you know, he's, Thor's really standing his ground for the first time, you know, and then once he goes and walks away, you see Odin turn into Loki, and I thought that was cool. Like, I I don't know, I just think that ending, ends on a big cliffhanger like that, and you're like, oh my gosh, Loki's not dead. It may be a little cliche, yes, but I do... I do actually enjoy it. I thought I thought that was really cool. It's probably my favorite thing about the movie. Just I like Loki as a villain, and that was a really cool little touch at the end of the movie. But before we jump into why I don't necessarily think this movie works as well as some of the other movies in this universe, um, is I want to talk about the potential that the movie had. I touched on it a little bit, but I want to jump into it. So I think this movie did have the potential to be a great sequel to the original Thor film. And if it succeeded with the dark tone it was going for, I think it would have allowed Thor Ragnarok to really explore that darkness because Ragnarok in the comics is an extremely dark storyline. You know, from what I understand, it's the Asgardian apocalypse. And what apocalypse is funny? Uh, The one that came out in 2017, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's funny. Sure, it's as the movie that it is, it's good but I would have liked a more accurate representation of that storyline. 
and you know it was real colorful and goofy and you know I, I that's just not something that's super appealing to me but if thor the dark world had a good plot and succeeded with a dark tone they wouldn't have had to change courses for thor ragnarok they could have kept it going and it would have made this trilogy a much more uh, consistent group of films Whereas, like, you've got the Captain America trilogy that's pretty consistent. The Iron Man trilogy is overall consistent. Yeah, Iron Man 2 isn't all that great. But, you know, the tone of the movies, they're all pretty similar. So, Thor The Dark World it ha- it has a plot that's not very memorable. And that's a that's what most people say. It's like, they watch this movie, they're like, I don't, I don't really remember any of this. It's kind of like Iron Man 2. And like I said earlier... It has the same problem as Iron Man 2 and The Incredible Hulk. Iron Man 2's plot doesn't, it's not very memorable. You can remember a couple, you know, little scenes that were kind of fun to watch. But overall, it was like, what was happening in that movie? What was the message of that movie? Why was it important to this franchise? And that's exactly the same problem Thor The Dark World has. So I think the main reason for that is the villain. Now, this is the main reason I dislike this movie. Malekith is the villain in Thor The Dark World, and he sucks. He's the worst villain in this entire franchise. All 23 of these movies, Malekith is the worst villain. Why is Malekith the worst villain? <laughs> because he sucks. No, why he actually sucks is because he's this villain who just wants the ether, which is the reality soul stone. That's all. It's, that's it. That's the only reason. He's just, and it's a very stereotypical you know, villain in a movie is this guy who wants something and, you know, he's just going to tear everything apart to get it. Yes, Thanos did that, but we also got to know what Thanos, what was going on through his mind. Infinity War was in ways kind of like a Thanos movie because we were knowing Thanos' backstory. We were knowing what he's gone through. We were learning everything about his past that we could and why he wanted to do what he did. Malekith, he's just showing up. He also was barely introduced into the movie until like an hour into it or whatever. And then there, by that point there was less than an hour left because the movie isn't even two hours long. So when you don't have any character development for a villain and it's just this guy who's showing up and he wants this thing, it, it, you don't care. And in the comics, Malekith is supposed to be one of Thor's greatest villains and this movie really didn't do him any justice at all because it just made him this really irritating villain who added nothing to the plot. Like, you could have put any villain in there and it wouldn't have been any different because it's so it's so generic, you know? So that's the main problem with the movie, and I like villains. So the fact that the villain sucked doesn't, you know, doesn't doesn't do a lot for the movie for me. So... Jumping back to the potential of the movie here, I think that this movie could have been good if the villain was portrayed in a way that made sense. Like if they had a, a villain that maybe had something, uh, you know, a plot, like some character development that was similar to Thanos in this movie, it would have worked. So if we, and say it was Malekith, if Malekith was a character that was developed well, we got to learn about his past. We got to know why he wants the this reality Infinity Stone and what his motivations are 
what where he not just who he is and what you know species he is or whatever we don't care about just that we need to know what his past is why he's so dark and twisted why he wants the stone the the infinity stone that he wants it's just what are Malekith's motivations you know I mean he just there's not any depth or substance behind the character at all and I think that since you don't have a villain that's moving the plot forward. You don't have a villain that's, you know, creating any tension in the movie. It doesn't make any urgency in the movie. So it doesn't make the plot feel like it's moving forward. And it's when you're watching the movie, it just makes you feel like you're just watching things happen and nothing's moving forward and you're just seeing characters interact with each other because you know that Thor and Loki are brothers and you know that Thor and Jane have a relationship in the past. So it's like, yeah, we're getting to see some of this kind of move forward, but it's like, what is actually important here and how does it tie into everything else? If the villain was good, it would have made sense. And this movie just didn't do that. And that's fine. You know, it happens. You can't expect all 23 movies to be great. And really, we only have like two or three that aren't that great. They're just more of a miss than a hit. You know, and Thor The Dark World is, I would say, more a miss than a hit. But... I don't think it is completely bad. Like I'm able to see the potential of this movie. And I think that's why I, you know, kind of somewhat enjoy watching it, but I got I do have a couple more things of what I don't dislike or what I dislike about this movie. And these are, these are more minor issues. Like the Malekith problem is, is a major issue. That's why I have a hard time, you know, really uh, finding myself enjoying this movie. But these are a couple other reasons that hold it back slightly. Um, so I, like I did talk about, I liked the dark tone of the movie and the dark tone is primarily in Asgard. So the tone switches when they go to earth and they're not on earth a ton in the movie, but when they go to earth, it's funny because you got Darcy who is Jane Foster's, you know, coworker or whatever. And in this movie, I mean, she had a couple funny one-liners in the original Thor movie, but in this movie, she's just super goofy. Everything she says is hilarious, which is fine. But you know, it was just kind of like, why she didn't need to do that because she's not even interacting with anybody in Asgard other than Thor when he's coming back. So it's just kind of like this really random thing. It's like, why are we even watching these people? She's just super goofy and then has this intern guy and their interactions are really cringy. And they, you know, I don't know when, once the final battle celebrates, they started making out like, and I was like really aggressively. I'm like, why? That's not even funny. That's just like, why are you two all of a sudden kissing? You know, it, it, that was just kind of weird. Um, so yeah, the the tone of the movie switches to like to have some comedic relief whenever they go to Earth. But when you have to really just rely on a location for comedic relief, it doesn't really pay off very well because those characters in another location aren't interacting with the main characters in the movie. But uh, one so one other little thing is that Thor and Jane I thought had great chemistry in the original Thor film. I thought that you know I believed that they, you know, had feelings for each other. It seemed real. In this movie, it just, it, I don't know. It, it wasn't a huge focus of the movie. They were more focused on Thor as a character and Jane as a character separately from each other. But when they interacted together, it was just kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't know. So I don't really know. Like, I know Jane's coming back from, or she's going to be in the next Thor movie, Thor Love and Thunder. And I know she's going to be the new Thor and what Chris Hemsworth is still going to be his Thor, but there's going to be an, another Thor as well, which is Jane Foster. And that happens in the comics. I don't have an issue with that. I'm just 
curious to know what happens because she hasn't really been involved in any of these movies since 2013 when this came out. Yeah, she did have a little cameo in Endgame, but she didn't say anything. We just saw her briefly. So, I mean, I think that I'm kind of curious to see what direction they're taking uh, her character in Thor Love and Thunder. And I hope that it's that movie is going to redeem their relationship. But in Thor The Dark World, I don't really think that their relationship is all that interesting like it was in the original Thor Thor film. But overall, I think that this movie is just not very memorable. It's it's kind of like Iron Man 2. It's just not very memorable. The plot is really clunky and it does because the villain isn't creating any tension. And Malekith is easily the worst villain in the entire franchise. He's just he's not interesting. He's not interesting by any means and he has no motivation. So there's that. Malekith sucks. Um, and, you know, it really, it, it suffers the same problem as Iron Man 2, but I think I'm able to enjoy Thor The Dark World just a little bit, barely a little bit more than Iron Man 2 because of the dark tone, and I'm able to see the potential, whereas Iron Man 2 was just kind of a hot mess with its plot, and I don't exactly know what they were going for in that one. So I think that's why I barely like Iron Man, or sorry, I think that's why I barely like Thor The Dark World than Iron Man 2. And I did say it, it has a very similar problem to The Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk has a dark tone, but the plot isn't really moving forward just like The Dark World. However, I think The Incredible Hulk has some more cool moments with the Hulk, and that's why I like it better. So let's just jump into my ranking here. So this is how this is going to go. So now we've got nine movies so far in this uh, that, I've, that we've rewatched leading up to Black Widow. So number nine, Captain Marvel, by far... In my opinion, the worst movie of this entire franchise. Iron Man 2, you understand why that is why I like that less than some of the you know other ones that aren't received as well. Um, so yeah, number number eight, Iron Man 2. Number seven, Thor the Dark World. Number six, The Incredible Hulk. Now, a big jump here. Like I think from here on out, I really enjoy all these movies. Number five, Thor. Number four, Iron Man 3. Number three, Captain America, the first Avenger. Number two, Iron Man, and of course, number one, The Avengers. The Avengers is an awesome movie. Everybody knows it. Um, whether you don't even like it, you still know that it's a great movie, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what I want to talk about here real quick is the future of this podcast. So obviously, there is now a pandemic, which uh, the coronavirus is happening now. And uh, so a lot of things are shutting down. Theaters are shutting down. Um, if you look at other countries, a lot of people are stuck in their houses, so not sure which direction the United States is going to go with this, and I don't, so because of that, I don't really know how many of these episodes I'm going to have to do by myself. Uh, what I have done is I have pre-recorded two episodes. I pre-recorded Captain America the Winter Soldier with a friend of mine named Tim Morgan. Um, we talked about Captain America the Winter Soldier. And it was a lot of fun. It was a really cool episode to do. He's super knowledgeable about not just comic book movies, but also comic books themselves. And yeah, so that episode was a lot of fun. I also pre-recorded the Captain America Civil War episode, which is not going to come out to the end of April. But I did pre-record that one with an old friend of mine named Luke. I haven't seen him since, um, haven't seen Luke since middle school. And so that was cool uh, to catch up with him and everything and talk about Captain America Civil War. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, I've pre-recorded those two episodes, and I have not pre-recorded anything else. And but aside from those two movies, there's really only a few more to get through. 
um, which would be both of the Guardians movies, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. Those are the only ones left, I believe, to get uh, to lead up to Black Widow at this point. Um, speaking of Black Widow, we don't know entirely what's going to happen with this movie because I don't know if you guys are paying attention to the news and the entertainment world, but lots and lots of movies have been canceled or postponed or to another day. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, the first movie that uh, was postponed was the new James Bond movie that's coming out. Uh, it's supposed to come out the first week of April. It's not happening anymore, but it was called No Time to Die. That was postponed to November. And then a few, just a few days ago, almost every upcoming movie within the next few weeks has been postponed, such as A Quiet Place Part 2, which is supposed to drop in a few days. Um now that has no release date. Mulan was postponed. I don't know if it has a release date or not, but I do know that it was postponed as well. The New Mutants, that movie has had the worst luck ever. That movie was supposed to come out like three or four years ago. It was filmed forever ago. I think they've done reshoots. I mean, that movie has been canceled like five or six times. It's absolutely ridiculous. So I feel better for the people that uh, made that movie because they. it really seemed like it was going to come out, but now, uh, with the coronavirus and everything, it's, you know, it's pushed it back, which is unfortunate for that movie, because it looked interesting. Um, Fast and Furious 9, this was a big one. The The marketing for this movie was absolutely ridiculous, and it was huge. Um, but Fast and Furious 9 was actually pushed back to April 2nd, 2021. So that's almost an entire year. It was supposed to come out uh the late May this year, and they almost pushed it back an entire year. So it's that's crazy that this virus is having an effect on uh, on these movies like that. Like we have never seen anything like this in the entertainment industry before, where a movie that was supposed to come out like in a week was postponed to nobody exactly knows when. What I'm talking about was a quiet place, but it, it's it's crazy how all this is going on. We've never seen anything like this before in the movie world. Um, Outside of just movies that are already being being uh, have already been filmed, two mo- two major movies that are under production right now, actually three major movies that are under production right now that would have a lot of you know I would have a chance to talk about these on on the on these on this podcast uh, are the Batman, Jurassic World Dominion, the third Jurassic World movie, and Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is an upcoming Marvel movie. All three of these movies have been postponed. Uh, for their production, uh, some like think the Batman was only postponed for two weeks for filming, which really is not a huge deal, but that could change. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion was postponed indefinitely for its production, so, and I'm not entirely sure about Shang Chi, but I'd have to look. Um, however, we've got movies that have been postponed with their release date. Some of them not. Some of them currently don't have a release date any any longer. And some of the movies that are currently in production have been halted. So, yeah, theaters are having a hard time right now. With uh, uh, They're not having great success, and they are not having a big audience right now. There are no upcoming movies, so theaters are going to have um, a problem coming up uh, within the next few weeks, even maybe the next few months. So, and I was going to have a, I was actually going to have some episodes on some of these movies, like A Quiet Place. And um, I was going to talk about Fast and Furious 9, uh, potentially the James Bond movies. You know, I mean, I was looking forward to that. So, uh, however, Black Widow has not been postponed. I don't know if it will be. I, I'm, I'm looking closely to see if it will be postponed. 
Um, and depending on the circumstances of what's going on, I may not go to see it just because, you know, it may not necessarily be safe to go to the movie theater right now. Um, or in May 1st when it comes out, hopefully everything by then will, you know, it'll be, everything will be better. But if Black Widow is postponed, what I'm curious to know from you guys uh, is what would you guys like me to do on this podcast? What topics would you like me to cover? Are there any film franchises you would like me to discuss? Any independent films you would like me to discuss? Or just really any topic that could revolve around movies? What would you like to hear me talk about if Black Widow is postponed and there are no upcoming releases? So I'm curious to know from you guys what you would want to hear. Um, but yeah, so if Black Widow is postponed, I will have to change some plans. I've got some ideas, but yeah, so anyway, um, you know, just stay safe, wash your hands, just be rational, don't be an idiot, and let's do what we, let's do what we can to help prevent the spread of this virus. Um, but yeah, so I hope that I was able to articulate why I'm not a huge fan of Thor The Dark World. Don't hate it, don't love it, um, and if you feel the same way as me, I hope I was able to help you uh, better formulate your thoughts on that movie. Be sure to tune in next week for Captain America the Winter Soldier, and be sure to follow me on Letterboxd at McNeil Mulliken, M-C-N-E-I-L-L-M-U-L-L-I-K-I-N. No spaces or capital letters. Letterboxd is where I post the movies I watch and write reviews. You can also follow me on Instagram at underscore McNeil, M-C-N-E-I-L-L, followed by two more underscores. This is where you can send me your feedback and let me know what you think of Thor The Dark World and the future of the movie industry. You can follow the McNeil and Friends podcast on Instagram at mcneil.and.friends.podcast. Lastly, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Patreon and support this podcast by becoming a patron if you so desire. If you made it to the end of this podcast, congratulations, and once again, thank you for listening. Thank you.